0: Happy terrific Tuesday, friends! It's SC Love on another episode of For the Love of Mustard. Um, this particular call is all Mission Legal law in a nutshell: God's law, federal law, state law. I know that it's been a long time since I have returned um, with another segment or session from Mission Legal, but I had to I had to take a seat back because I took a moment to listen to the last or to the first one, to the first um, series or session in the series of Covenants and Contracts. And while it was good, and I'm you know, just as in the spirit of true transparency, while it was good, I just felt like there was so much information that I was trying to convey in that one podcast. And and that really is not um, the purpose and intention behind Mission Legal. It is not to try to fit all this information in one session and move on to the next because That's not how God gave it to me. So I had to just, you know, I had to take a seat back. I wanted to um, give it the integrity that it needs. And what it needs is to, you know, we're building foundation. So when you build any foundation, it takes time for that foundation to be built and to be built strong and, and courageous and, and capable of standing through any type of storm, right? Through anything, just like the three little pigs and the, the house made with straw, the house made with bricks, and the house made with um, whatever else the other one was. But the one made with brick stood, right, in, in the test of a, of a storm or in the test of anything, it stood. And so that's what this is, this mission legal. And how God gave it to me was to, you know, take each part, each piece, each rock, each pebble, each piece of whatever is being taught and to take that little piece and let that just, you know, let it grow. Let it, you know, you put it, you work on it, you flesh everything out, and then we build and add to that piece. So it's like a puzzle, just like a thousand piece puzzle, right? You just can't do that all in one day. It sometimes it takes time. So in any case, I wanted to, you know, just let you guys know that I'm going to scale back. I'm going to just only focus on the concepts in which, you know, that I was, that I really need to work on we're going to build this foundation. And we're going to be so excited when the foundation is built, because then you will be able to use it like it's supposed to be used. And, and essentially, I wanted, like I said, I want to, I want to give this what God gave to me. And I want it to be just as he intends for it to be. So I thought about deleting the first podcast, because I said, you know, it would be so confusing to then continue with another one. And it really will be the the first one, you know, kind of rewound or rewind. I'm rewinding the first one. So, but I'm I'm not going to delete it. I'm just going to leave it as is. And I'm going to just start off with this one. And it's just me today. And I'm just, like I said, I'm coming back to the very beginning, but um, this is good because even in me coming back to it, you know, I was able to learn a little bit of something extra that God gave me that I didn't have on the first one. So I'm really happy to get back on here. So I wanted to, you know, welcome everybody. And then I wanted to c- talk about the last podcast and, you know, what this podcast and going forward is going to look like. Um, and then I wanted to just kind of really just jump in and just start to talk and start talking about these concepts. So I'm going to say a quick prayer and then we're going to jump in. And before we jump in, if you have... Um, your dictionary or if you have, I don't know, if you have your phone or whatever that you could look up words more than I would say have it. If not, don't worry about it because I'm gonna speak everything um all as far as definitions are concerned, I'm gonna talk all that out. Um if you have your Bible or a Bible, it would be great to have it. If you do not, no worries. Um because everything that I say I'm gonna say, I'm gonna um actually read it from Everything I'm going to need to speak about the from the Bible, I'm going to read from the Bible, and everything as far as definitions I'm going to read to you. So if you have it, great. If you don't, no worries. Okay, so say a quick prayer, and then we'll move right into it, okay? Lord, um, I thank you this day. I thank you this afternoon that here, coming back to sharing what you have shared with me in Mission Legal, and um, our Stephen's, Trish's covenants and contracts. I hope and pray that this session is going to highlight everything in which you want your people to know or people who are listening in this podcast to know whether they have given you their heart or not. It doesn't matter. I'm asking God that you just bless this podcast, that you bless the hearers in this podcast, that Lord, you speak through me and you, and you speak through the way you want this podcast to be, um, all the information that's going to be shared. I just ask that you bless it in Jesus's name. I pray. Amen. All right. So foundation. What is that? It's the foundation that we're that's being built is being built based off of rules, right? Everything is based on a rule. And when a rule is given, a rule is expected to be followed. But before um before we like delve into to the rules of which we know that this series is covenants and contracts, I want you guys to um I want you to look at when we start, when we define things, I want you to define them in one term definitions. And I I say that because when you are talking to people, when you're out and about or when you're talking to your children or having a conversation with people, a lot of times if there's a word that someone doesn't know, do you define something with this very long, eloquent Merriam-Webster definition Or do you kind of piecemeal your definition with words and synonyms and stuff like that? I know that's what I do. Like, I don't have time to try to figure out the most, you know, like I said, eloquent or overarching, big, huge, general definition that is written so nicely when you look it up in a dictionary. I don't walk around like that. I'm not walking around like that made-up character, Doogie Howser. I'm not walking around like the bookworm. I'm giving you life, real-life Examples and one-term definitions and more or less synonyms, which is why I love, I've always loved synonyms. But anyway, so when you, when you, when we're talking about rules and we're talking about definitions or in anything, elements or anything, I want you to think on one terms, one term, one word um, to define something. And the first thing that we're going to actually do is rules. And and in actuality, that's the the one thing that we're going to talk about rules. And I want you to define that in one word. That's it. Doesn't have to have a period. It doesn't have to be a full sentence. But if you think about the word rule, how would you define the word rule and what word would you use to define it? So I'm just going to give you a couple of seconds. If you can come up with at least five in the next 20 seconds, that would be great. If not, don't worry about it. Whatever you come up with is fine, but at least five, try to, try to get at least five. And um, I'll give you a few seconds to do that. Okay. So, hopefully you've got your one term definitions. So, I when I think of the word rule, I think of the word guideline, I think of regulation, um principle. Uh I think of the word law, of course. Rule and law the same things. I think of statute. Um and a couple of these words I, you know, I looked up and I saw that, you know, these are actual other, you know, this is the same word as rule. It's just a different word. But statue commandment is a rule. Um, a rule governs conduct. So when you were, to, if you were to define it and you were to say to, like I said, your child, because in my life, my children, love to, my youngest two love to ask more one than the other, love to ask me, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? And I did it as a child. What does that mean? What does that mean? And I always <laughs> I'm always giving them like, OK, let me see if I can explain it and explain it where you would understand it. Um, so I think it's so helpful when you think of a nutshell and when you think of, you know, just breaking things down to the place where it's palatable and it's understandable. It's important to just make it simple. Okay, make it simple. Just because you made it simple does not mean that it's not what it is. It's still what it is. So, a rule is still a guideline. A rule is still a regulation. A rule is still a principle, right? A rule is still a law or a statute or a commandment. A rule still governs conduct, even though you don't have it in a long sentence. And sometimes, you know, people would, I know you can, but you could take all those words, you could put it together and then make a sentence if that's what you want, but it's not necessary. So, those being one term definitions, let me give you the full term or the full definition of the word rule. And so let's see if that um, if that helps or if that changes a bit when you were reading it like full in, in its full um, sense of the word. So rule, a rule is a guide or principle for governing conduct, action, procedure, procedure, excuse me, arrangement, etc. It's the code of regulations observed by a religious order or a congregation. It's also the customary or normal circumstance, occurrence, manner, practice, quality. That's a lot. That's a whole lot. And that's how I felt like the last podcast was. It was so much. That's just a lot to digest. And I'm truthfully speaking, I didn't hear anything that I just said. I just know that I read a bunch of words that really don't mean anything to me because I can't relate to it because I don't, I would have to hear it over and over and over again. And like I told you guys before, I'm a visual learner. So even in my little space that I'm in right now, I have orange, this orange sticky note in front of me, two orange sticky notes in front of me. I have my laptop. I have everything in front of me because I learn by doing, you know, doing something over and over and over again. And I also learn by seeing it and putting it together. So like I said, the definition of a a rule, it was what what was it I said? I said it's a guide or a principle for governing conduct, action, procedure, arrangement, etc. The code of regulations observed by a religious order or congregation. And even some of the words that I just read were in those one term definitions. So, you know, as we as we go through everything and when the God's law section, but part part of this series. But as we go through, I want you to think of things in one term and see if that it's if it's more digestible than having a block or a rule block, if you will, of a of a term or definition that you like, I don't know what that just meant. Some people will love it and they say, Oh, I know exactly what that means, because we are wired differently, no problem. But if you learn more of, on the simplest side, that's okay too, because it's still the same thing. So we've gotten the one-term definitions, we gotten the, the full definition of the word rule. All right. So now, when we talk rules, um, when it comes to law, the law is so funny because the law is very... Com- it's so simple, but it's man-made complicated. It's just man-made complex. And when I was in law school, I- I'll be honest with you, it was like like my head would spin, like like the exorcist, because there was so much to remember. It was, there was so much information. It's like Every word had to be defined. Every word had to be broken down. And even if it's a word like, um, let's say, like a word like, she, you would have to define the word she in the legal sense of the word. Well, what? Who? Well, what's the she? Like who's considered to be she? And then you have to come up with, like, well, she would be the mom or she would be the daughter. Like it can't just be that one word for the actual party of the she's like the women. No, like everything must be defined and, and every definition has an element. And so it it would just drive me absolutely insane because I live in the world of common sense. I mean, I grew up in the world of common sense. Common sense has helped me do a lot more things than books, you know, than the book smarts or not book smarts, but than the book knowledge. I mean, it just, <laughs> common sense is how you survive, how you live in everyday life. And again, mission legal is taking these principles that need to be applied to your everyday life. So it's important that when we're learning this, we're learning it for everyday life and everyday living. Okay. Okay. So, but while I hated it so much, I see that in order for for us to when we're we're when doing anything legal when 're doing anything law related, you are going to have to get in the habit of understanding how you have to break things down all the time, okay, well, when you're speaking of rules within a rule, you have an element or an element is taken out of the of the actual rule to actually make it a little more simple or much more simpler for you to to let's say if you're trying to solve a case or if you're trying to you know prove a claim these elements allow the the individual to prove their case whether they're going to it's you know going to be proven or disproven right so though we have the rule for the word rule out of that you're going to pull out some elements that's going to actually prove whether your rule works or doesn't work or can be proven or not proven i hope that makes sense and i hope i haven't confused you but if i have please leave me a message and let me know so while we define the word rule now we're going to go into the word element, okay? So an element, I want you to think of a couple of one-term definitions again. If you could define element in one word, what would you define it as? Let to give you a couple of seconds. Okay, so (laughs) um, that may have been a little harder. That may be a little easier for you guys. For me, it took me kind of looking up some words because when I thought of the word element, I thought of part. Um, I thought of a component. Um, But some of the other one synonyms that I that I picked up was constituent. I picked up principles, which, of course, element and principles that I kind of pulled off top of my head. Um, Component is another synonym for element. Fundamental. I actually, I wouldn't have put fundamental with that, but it's so awesome that actually it is a synonym of element because it speaks to what we're doing. The fundamental part of, of learning anything, it's elemental. So element, fundamental, you know, elemental, fundamental, but fundamental is a synonym of element, which is great. Detail, factor, and aspect. So those are the um, synonyms I pulled out for element. And, um, I think that when you're defining it or describing it, describing it, that's actually, those are great synonyms. Like an element is a, is a component of something else. Um, when you're speaking of a rule, the element is a a detail of the rule, right? So again, it's all a part of the rule, but you're pulling out that fine detail out of the rule, out of the overarching rule, out of the general rule, or out of the basic rule. You're taking a piece of that rule out and you're calling it an element. You're calling it a factor. You're calling it a fundamental part of the rule. Okay, so that's important. So the full definition of element that I have is it's a component or a constituent of a whole or one of the parts into which a whole may be resolved by analysis. And that's sweet. So it's exactly what, you know, why in the legal world or in, in the legal sense of the word element, it really is a part into which a whole, which is the rule, may be re- resolved by analysis. So, um one one term that I liked was it, it's the simplest principles. You know, a part or aspect of something abstract, especially one that is essential or characteristic. So elements are not going to be the, they're going to be the vital or essential parts of a rule. And those parts are pulled out and those parts are the ones that need to be proven to make that rule either work in your favor or the rule does not work in your favor. So we have the one term definition of elements. We have our full definition of elements. Um, now I want to take, um, I want to take what, what the series is about, which is covenant. And I want to do the same exact thing with covenant. I want to pull out some synonyms and some terms that you may, um, when you think of the word covenant, what you would say it is. And then I want to define that word covenant. And then we're going to go into, um, Elements after that elements of that actual covenant. So to see, so we can, we can put two and two together. So I want to, I want to be able to take that what we just learned fundamentally, there are rules and there are elements to a rule, right? And that's exactly what we just learned. The rule is going to be the overarching, you know, definition, that eloquent long definition that maybe be a, it may be a run on sentence with a bunch of semicolons that no one truly understands. Um, and then you have those essential parts of that rule that when you pull them out, it makes it much more simple to understand and digest that that's how we really live in our everyday life. We really live through that. And that's how we move, we breathe, we do everything that we do. And I want to make sure that we focus on that. So let's move into the word covenant. Right. And let's move into what would a one term definition of covenant be? Think of a couple um, Five, maybe a lot. So just think of a few and then I'll give you the few that I have for the word covenant. Okay, time's up. All right, so covenant. Hopefully you've got at least three. If you don't have three, whatever, that's fine. Because I didn't, when I was thinking of the word covenant all that I could come up with was promise (laughs) and, um, promise. And, uh, what was another one? Agreement. I did come up with that. But one of the, some of the other terms that I found, some of the other synonyms I found was a covenant is a stipulation. A covenant is an agreement. It's a pledge. It's a commitment, a deal. Of course it's a contract. It's a promise. And the last one that I pulled in there was guarantee. Um, so you know that's covenant it's it, one term again just thinking just basic general everyday conversation someone says to you what's a covenant it's an agreement you know it's a promise it's it's a commitment it's something that's binding when you speak of you know some covenant it's it binds you know just like that old adage you know your word is your bond that didn't come from nowhere yeah it's binding it becomes a legal and moral Like bond, if you will, if you think about it that way, that when you say something, (laughs) when you make a covenant, you're making a promise. When you actually when you're speaking and you're talking about what you're going to do or not do, that's a promise. Right. That's a covenant. It's binding. So your words become binding. And I hope I'm not jumping too far ahead because it's making I'm getting excited. But so that's one term definitions. Now the full definition. Okay, this is the full definition that I have for you. A covenant is an agreement usually formal between two or more persons to do or not to do something. I think that's pretty straightforward, very clear. It's an agreement usually formal between two or more persons to do something to do or not to do something specified excuse me specific that's really key. It's very funny all right, so um in addition to that, the definition also gave a, a legal or a law. Uh, definition and it says an incidental clause in such, in such an agreement, an incidental clause in such an agreement. And that's the law part of the definition, and then the ecclesiastical definition is it's a solemn agreement between the members of a church to act together in harmony with the precepts of the gospel. A whole lot of words yet again. So of course it makes it a lot simpler when you can just use the the you know synonyms or the one-term definitions that says a covenant is a promise. Okay. I wanted to, I thought it was pretty cool. And I thought it would be nice to add to this, but to add the etymology or the origin of a covenant. And I pulled out from, it it has its origin in the Latin word and in the Hebrew um, origin. So the origin for covenant comes from a Latin word, convenir. And the meaning of convenir is to come together, to unite, to be suitable and agree. So falling in line in the same um, other term and definitions that I just used, the same thing. The Latin origin for covenant is the word convenir. And you can look this up, guys, on Google or online. But it's to come together, to unite, to be suitable, and to agree. Uh, the Hebrew translation of covenant, which is birit, and I got that from Google's um translate translation you know you can press the little speaker and it tells you so berith and hope I'm doing it right it's a solemn and binding agreement between two or more parties especially for the performance of some action um, and then it has there it's often instituted through a sacrifice so again the hebrew origin of the word covenant is berith and that's b apostrophe r i y t i thought i would spell it for you and then, um, it's, it's a solemn and a binding agreement between two or more parties, especially for the performance of some action, the performance of some action underline that that is so key because a covenant requires action. Um, and you'll see that you're not, I'm not just saying it, you're going to see it. And you're going to see it when we start going through the scriptures. Okay. So we have all that. We have covenant. We have the one term definitions of covenant, And we have that full definition and I even threw in the etymology of a covenant, that origin of a covenant just to, you know, just for like a plus. Um, So you can get into that. And then you have um, now like I want to go through the elements of it. So when you're going through the covenant and the definition of covenant, what were the two and maybe I'll go back and I'll read. Let me read the definition one more time to see if you can pull out a word that continues to pop up. Um, because that's super important. When you see a word that continues to pop up and that continues to be said over and over and over again in a covenant, I mean, excuse me, in the definition, that's where you want to pull out that essential. And sometimes it won't repeat itself. The, you know There won't be a, a word that repeats itself over and over and over again. But the actual term and the definition of it or what's being said within that definition, you could pull out an essential part of it. So um, I read to you, I think, one definition. Let me read to you this definition. A covenant is an agreement between God and his people, an oath, a binding agreement, a solemn agreement between the members of a church to act together in harmony with the precepts of the gospel, a promise. And that came from two sources, dictionary.com and Merriam Webster's dictionary. So if you haven't, I mean, if If you haven't noticed or haven't really um, picked up on it, the one word that continues to repeat itself is agreement. So when you're speaking of element, remember those are the essential simple parts of a a definition or of a rule that you want to pull out. Agreement is going to be one of the elements. Okay. But one of the other elements um, that would even go before that before agreement would be promise because a covenant is a promise, right? So two elements that if you're looking at the word covenant and its definition of covenant, the two elements that will be used or definitely is going to be used, and you'll see it like when we go through the scriptures, it's one, a promise, and two, agreement. Now, in the last podcast, I talked about um, a third element because you know, when you're speaking of federal law and state law, and you're speaking of the law, essentially that we, the American legal system, there are three main elements of a contract, okay? But you cannot have a contract without really knowing that contract is derived from covenant at the end of the day, whether you, however you slice it, however you, you know, you di- if you disagree, it doesn't really matter. Facts are facts and truth is truth, that without covenant, there would be no contract because a, covenant is a contract so in the american legal system there's a third element and that that third element is something that i was trying to tie with um you know the elements of a covenant and on when you're speaking of god's laws that third element and i'll just tell you what the elements are although we'll talk about it later but um the three elements of a contract you know three elements that must be proven is you have to prove that there was an offer you have to prove that there was acceptance of that offer and you have to prove that there was consideration between the parties, right, for that for that contract. So there has to be some type of legal value, some type of um, detriment for the promisor to have taken. So that consideration is a big part of it. And a lot of times in a contract, an enforceable contract, if you don't have consideration or if you don't have one of the other elements, then you don't have an enforceable contract. Well, when you're speaking of covenant, there's no consideration, actually. And this is the part that I was so excited about is there is no consideration in in the definition of covenant itself. If you look at the definition, if you go through it over and over and over again, you will not see anything that speaks of having to have an exchange, value, um, any equivalent. There's none of that. So. That was, and I'm so glad that's why I'm I'm doing this all over again. So when you're speaking of covenant and God is so simple in his laws and commands, I mean, it was straightforward. You didn't have to define and, and redefine and then redefine and recreate. There was none of that. You know, God is, his word is so simple. It's so clear. It's black and white. Sometimes, yes, he may speak mysteriously like in parables and you're like, God, I really don't understand. You're not speaking in full sentences to me. But there's no question about when he says something It's clear and he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And he does not require an exchange from his children or his people to get what he has promised. No. So the two elements of a covenant. And if you've listened to the first um, podcast, please disregard that there's that third element. Because you'll see that when we go through again, these scriptures, you're going to see that when covenants were being made it wasn't being made with an exchange in mind some many of the covenants that were made many of the promises that were stated and were given were stated and given and once they were stated and given remember it became binding okay it becomes it it's a it's legally and morally binding you must do it And when you don't do it, sure, there are consequences. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But as far as covenant is concerned, there are only two elements. And so God is awesome in that. So the two elements that, again, I'll repeat them for a covenant is promise, which is in the definition and agreement of that promise. Okay, so we're going to jump now to the scripture. And that's where I want. You know, if you can pull out your Bibles and if you don't have your Bible, you could just listen. But after all of this, guys, and I just want to kind of recap again. You know, all we're talking about today are rules and elements. That's it. Rule, it's, you know, it's the synonyms of, of a rule and what those term definitions are. I want you to always keep in mind. And when you're defining something, you don't have to define them in that long run on sentence that dictionaries give you. What are they just by the one terms? one term word that you choose to use, right? Or you choose to, to, to use in your, I don't know, in your sentence or you're explaining something to yourself. It's got to be something that you can actually digest and, and, and be palatable and be understandable. So we've talked about rules. We talked about the synonyms of a rule and then the full definition of a rule, right? And now, and we've talked about elements and how elements are just an essential part of a rule. All you're doing is pulling out what's in the rule out to make it a simple, you know, a, a simple aspect or a simple part of that of that definition. We just kind of we want to pull that element out, not just any element, but the elements that are essential to the rule. Meaning, if that part wasn't, if that element is not a part of the rule, if you took it out, how does that rule change? It has to be essential to that rule. So, elements we talked about those synonyms to the element, to element, and how you define it. If you just explaining it to somebody and you just want to have a conversation or, or to your kids or to your parents or to your friends, what's an element, right? And how does that work in an everyday life? And how does that, um, how does that apply to your life? Right? So it's important to keep that before you. And of course the full definition, we talked about the full definition of what element is. And, um, and so now we're putting it, now we're going to use the word covenant, right? And we talked about those term definitions for covenant and the full definition of the word covenant And what the essential element came that came out of the rule covenant, which were two promise and agreement. Okay, so now we're down to the scripture reference. So let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. You know, um, real quick. So in Genesis 1, of course, God was busy creating the world. He was creating, um, he was separating land from, from heaven and the waters. And he was putting, you know, livestock and everything. He was just creating this beautiful world, right? And on the sixth day, you know, he got to the place where he saw that everything was was gorgeous and beautiful, but there was nobody to fill it. So here we are in, in verse 26, where God says, um, let us make mankind in our image. And I'm so sorry. I'm reading from the amplified version. Let me do this. I'm going to read from two versions, actually, the King James version and then the amplified version. Um, So Genesis 126 says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Genesis one twenty six. Genesis chapter one, verse 26. And that was the King James version. Okay. Um, so, and I won't read from the amplified version just yet. I just want one. There's one part in the amplified version that I like, um, with regard to one of the elements so I'll just read that at that point but so Genesis 126 can you look at that and when you think of the word covenant and you think about what we talked about that a covenant is a promise right the elements of a covenant are it's promise and agreement this is where sorry guys this is where I need you to take what you just learned and take the word covenant and take the first element promise and look at Verse 26, and and see if you can find where a promise was made. Very simple. Where was a promise made? And um, in that promise, you know, whether you want to go back to the full definition and if there's two or more people that made a promise, certainly go, go as far deep as you can. I'm going to give you a few seconds to think about it and then I'll come back and just we'll talk about it just a little bit. Okay. I'm back. All right. So covenant, The I, I, for, I'm sorry for, um, verse 26, I like to call this covenant, like the covenant with God himself. Um, there are several, there was about seven major covenants in the Bible and we will go through those maybe on the next one, maybe on the next podcast I do, maybe not, but there are seven of them. Um, about seven. But this one covenant is not part of the major covenants. And it's funny because it should be. This was like the covenant that God made with himself. So when we go back to the word um, covenant and we go back to the one-term definitions, it's an agreement, right? It's a pledge. It's a commitment. It's of course promise, which is the actual essential element of covenant. It's a guarantee. So 26 says, let us make man in our own In our image. I'm gonna stop right there. Let us make man in our image. Who's God talking to? Is he talking to angels? Is he talking to birds? Who is he talking to? He's talking to himself. He's talking to the, you know, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Of course, I won't get into that, but there's been plenty of um, commentary on who he meant, you know, who he's talking to when he says us, but he took counsel within himself. Because there's a soul, body, and spirit, right? So there's always, there's a triune God. We serve a triune God. Um, at least that's the God that I serve. I serve a, a triune God. I serve a God that's the God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all in one God. So when he said, let us make man in our image, yes, he was taking counsel within himself. And that was a promise. That became a covenant, automatic, off the back, a binding Covenant, a covenant, a binding promise. I mean, I use the word covenant. It's a promise, so it's an agreement. He agreed within himself. Can you agree within yourself? Of course you can. If you say to, if you say to yourself, you know what? Hmm. When I, you know what? When I get paid on Friday, I am. And mind you, you're talking to yourself. When I get paid on Friday, I'm gonna go and take my daughters, or take my children, or take my friend, or take my. Mom. I'm gonna take them to the movies, and I'm gonna take them out. No one has heard anything that you said except yourself. You're saying this all to yourself. But because you said it, it is binding. You said it, God heard it, and that's all that matters. And the expectation is that you fulfill your promise, that you fulfill that promise. Okay? So I'm going to give you another example. Um, I I made a covenant. I made a promise. I made a covenant. Um, a friend of mine was... Um, doing something major. Um, and she sings and she, you know, put out a a Facebook message about, you know, if anyone would like to financially support her and what she's doing. And I did, I made a promise that I was going to sew, you know, into her endeavor and I was going to sew a certain amount. And (laughs) she had a concert and I could not attend. And, My hubby ended up going and he ended up, you know, giving an offering. And he gave the same offering double than what I was going to give. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. Then you know what? I don't have to give it anymore. And the Lord had to check me and say, no, no, no. Yes, you do. Because you made that promise. And whether she heard you or not, you made it. Now you need to complete it. So I had to do my part. I had to fulfill what I spoke out because what I spoke out was a promise. And God takes promises. He takes his covenants very seriously, like super, super seriously. Okay, so I did, and I did it, and and weighed off of my shoulders. Um, and it means so much. So when you're looking at verse twenty-six, let us make man in our image. He was taking counsel within himself. No one else heard him. You know, obviously, um, at least I don't think so because. The only things that were on the earth were fish and, and fowl and cattle, and unless they talk in here, maybe, you know, I don't know. But so I like to think that he, no one else heard him. So here in 27, verse 27, it shows you not only did he speak out the promise, he ended up fulfilling it because verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. So he says, Okay, I'm gonna make a promise. I wanna make man in our own image. I wanna do it, and we're gonna do it, okay? Did he fulfill that promise? Sure he did. he did it right in twenty seven he created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, so he created them, he made a promise, he immediately fulfilled it, unless I like to think he immediately fulfilled it so as far as the so as far as that that promise element in the word covenant, right, a promise was check check you know check, done, done, right okay, I love this. So we made a promise and now we're looking at agreement. We're looking at the second element of covenant, which is agreement. Was there an agreement to that promise? So I didn't read to you what um, I did. I don't think we did agreement and, and thinking of one term definitions for agreement. Um, but if you just I want to do it because I want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. If you can think of one or two words that define agreement, what would they be real quick? OK, I'm going to tell you that um, the two that I came up with, and they're not really one word, but um, well, one is a uh, binding obligation that I found and mutual understanding. So understanding, of course, acceptance, assent, you know, so agreement would be acceptance. Um, agreement would be um, an understanding or a mutual understanding. Agreement would be a binding obligation. OK, but the definition, the full definition of agreement i have is it's an arrangement that is accepted by all parties to a transaction harmony and feeling you un- sorry harmony and feeling unanimity unanimity in of opinion so it's an arrangement that is accepted by all parties to a transaction done whether whether was there more than one party absolutely <laughs> the triune god is all more than one party so there was um, a promise. Promise was made. Promise was completed. Agreement. You have a range. I'm sorry. You have mutual understanding. You have a binding obligation. You have acceptance. Agreement. I want you to jump to. Um, I want you to jump to cha- uh, verse 30. Genesis chapter 1 verse 30. And I want you to read that. And I want you to tell me if you see that there was an agreement and if so how do you know that they, that the covenant was agreed upon how would you know what word in verse 30 helps you understand that an agreement was made um on that covenant and we're going to skip over a couple of things because the other um parts of verses 28 and 29 and much of 26 and 27 has promises within it that I don't want to talk about today because I don't want to confuse this process. I just want to stick on rules and elements and I want to just, just keep our minds set on that one concept. What a rule is, what the elements of a rule are, and how we're using the word covenant to um, as, it, as the rule and elements of that covenant and how we can actually analyze that, analyze that rule and analyze that element within the rule. So don't worry about verses 28 and 29. Don't worry, not, not, I'm sorry, not verse 30, verse 31. Go to Genesis chapter one, verse 31. Um, and tell me if you can actually see where an agreement was made, or if you don't see it, that's perfectly fine. If you don't see it, no worries. If you see it somewhere else, you know, highlight it, write it down. Um, I'll go through it in just a few seconds, but we will focus on some of the other um, parts of, of of Genesis one on the next um, podcast. I just want to focus like I said on just the rule and element. And if you have found it, great. If you haven't found it, no worries, um because we're building foundation right now, okay? So, I'm going to repeat myself again. I'm going to I'm going to continue to repeat myself. You're going to get really tired of me, but it's going to be <laughs> it's a method to my madness, okay? So, again, we have covenant, which is a rule. Okay? Covenant is a rule. We have defined that rule and we have also pulled out some essential parts of the rule which have which are their elements or which which are its elements and there are only two elements that we're focusing on which is awesome because some of this these other rules they have like more than one element so I'm glad that this that covenant only has two and it also speaks of God's like his it just speaks of how he is he's does not complicate things he's not complex um and you're gonna hopefully thank him for that when we get to the federal and state laws because you're gonna see how complex it's become and really I don't even know for what reason to be honest with you okay so we have the essential parts of covenant promise and agreement we've seen that in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 God made a promise with him himself and himself and or the son and the holy spirit and they said let us make man he said let us make man in our own image and he believed that that's what he wanted he believed that was awesome and he did exactly what he promised and fulfilled that promise and now we're looking to see was there an agreement of that promise and in verse 31 it reads and I'm reading out of the King James, and this is where I'm going to go and read out of the Amplified um in just a few minutes, okay? Just a few seconds. So, verse 31 says, And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the, were the sixth day. Okay? God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. It doesn't say anything about agreeing. Um, you know, you can infer some things on that, or you could not infer some things on that. But if you go to the Amplified version... It says, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And he approved it completely. And there was evening and there was morning, a sixth day. So the part that in the amplified version that I that I looked to was, and he approved it completely. Okay, so there was an agreement. It was agreed upon. It was accepted. It was approved. Certainly the promise was made. The promise was fulfilled and it was approved and it was agreed upon and there was nobody else. But God, and he did what he said he was going to do. Keywords, God does what he says he's going to do. Okay, and it does, it did not require um, his creation to give him something in return for it. It did not require, um, um, it didn't require anything. It didn't require legal value. It didn't require anything but the fact that he made a promise that he wanted to do for his creation and he did it. And no one's, you know, no one can, you can't outdo that. So that's where we're going to stop today. We're just going to stop there. I want you for the next couple of days, if just go through covenant, go through rules and elements. And, and anytime you're having a conversation or if you're thinking of something and you're looking at something, don't like spaz out over it, right? Don't get so... Um, <laughs> crazy with it that every word has to be defined and defined in one term and defined in full definition terms and you have to do so now that's all you do all day long i don't want you doing that you know studying for an sat um but i i do want you to think about covenant i want you to think about uh, how important it is and i want you to think about promises and when you say things be sure that if you say it you're going to do it and if you don't you need to make it right right um which is really just going back to doing it don't break your promises it's not it's not good it's not what god wants us to do at the end of the day um you know it just it doesn't make for it doesn't make for a good soul so anyhow and i say that to say it's just a, it, there's a burden that comes upon you i feel like when you make all these promises and then you don't do them you're breaking them and we have we're not we haven't talked about that yet but it's important for you to just remember when you speak something it is binding you are binding yourself to that word that you spoke your words have life God's words had life. He spoke it into existence and it was done. He made a promise and he fulfilled his promise. He didn't ask for anything in return for that promise. He just did it from his heart because he loves his children and he agreed. He approved it and he was happy with it. words. So I am going to leave you with that and we will return hopefully this week. I will return hopefully this week with... um the next session in covenants and contracts series. I hope that you've enjoyed this. I hope that something is, um, going to like ignite on the inside of you. And I really, truly hope and pray that, um, that you would take this and that you would apply it to your daily life. Like, I don't want you not to apply what you learn immediately. Right. That's, that's, more or less how, how God, our father operates. And even if he's not your father, because you have not, and I always say this on all of my, on all of my podcasts, I know that I'm speaking to people who believe in you know God, the same God that um, where sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. I know that I'm speaking to some people that do believe, but I also realize that I may be speaking to people that don't believe and don't believe in anything. I get that and I'm glad that you're listening if you are listening and I hope and pray that something in what I said or a question I may have asked will only challenge you to go look further. Um I wish nothing but the best for everyone that listens to this podcast. I wish nothing but hope and um promise in your life and you know the positive just looking at the the half glass full and not half empty. Um, so enjoy the rest of your day. Love and peace. Ciao for now, and I will speak with you soon. Greetings, podcast friends and listeners. It's Essie Love coming back to you um on another podcast. For the love of mustard is the name of the podcast, but this podcast is specific to Mission Legal, Law in a Nutshell, God's Law, Federal Law, State Law. So it's been a while since I've been on here and, and the, the podcast that you'll hear after this one will speak to um the series and session that I started which was covenants and contracts. I'm do- I did a little bit of a re- rewind. So the one after this one will talk to you about that and kind of speak to the reason why I wanted to rewind that series back a little bit, but I wanted to start off with this podcast um, to talk a little bit about mission legal because I realized the last time I was on here Um, talking about Mission Legal is like many podcasts um, ago. So I'm back just to, you know, in in the event that I have new listeners, I want you to know what Mission Legal is and I want you to know how it started and where my place is with Mission Legal. And so I'll start by saying that I'm an unlicensed attorney. Um, I'm a lawyer. I just cannot practice law. I cannot counsel anybody legally, but I can teach. I can teach people the law. I can do many, many, many other things with my law degree. And I'm so excited about I'll be licensed soon enough. But right now uh, I am on a mission and I'm on this mission because this is um about a year ago. I, 2016, let me see, I'm sorry. Sorry. I graduated in 2016, December, 2016 from law school. And and prior to that, I had an unexpected wave of change in my life. I was let go from my job and um, that I've worked at for over 10 and a half years. And I worked at a law school and that law school that I worked at, I actually attended as a student the last three and a half years of my tenure at the school, I attended and thank God that I I did and I followed him and I was able to complete my degree there. Um, But while I was there, you know, thinking that it would be great because I worked there and I could just go to school there and wrong. It was actually one of the hardest things I've had to do in my life, like in my living, in my life. I've had three (laughs) C-sections. I've had some other things going on in my life. And I will say to you that this was one of the most challenging, Um, you know, just and I totally understood later why law school is a full time endeavor and why not a part time endeavor, because it's a full time job and it takes It it just takes everything out of you. It wants your undivided attention. It wants all of you mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And it's like, that's impossible to give one thing, all of that, right? But that's the expectation in order for you to succeed. So I unfortunately couldn't do that and I had to work. So I, you know, worked full time and I went to school part time, you know, right along with having a hubby and and three kids. and, um, And I say three kids, like really... babies. (laughs) babies. <laughs> um, so it was one of the hardest things, but thank God for family and, and supporting supportive people around me that I, it made it a little easier to made it much easier. Let me just say that to, to get through. Um, but it still made it very, very hard because I still had those other responsibilities that I, I could not, not, I had to still be a mom and, and and a person and a wife. And, you know, my mother helped a whole lot and I thank God for her and, a lot of words of affirmation from family from afar who would, you know, check on me and text but living it out was really hard. So in any case, let me move on. Um so you know, I I went through the whole program and at the very very end of it, like right before my final exams and before graduation, I was let go from my job and um it was a god I'm going to always consider things that God allowed it. So but it wasn't wasn't the happiest um letting go and it was unexpected of course but I you know I decided and I chose that I wanted to trust God in everything in my life at that moment and so I just you know I just took it as, as well this is what I needed you know to maybe prepare for graduation prepare for a bar exam and all of that and that turned into a very tumultuous <laughs> very tumultuous um cycle I hadn't been without a job for years and um And my world was turned upside down. My family was turned upside down, you know, financially and, you know, spiritually, very much so spiritually, emotionally, just everything that you could imagine when you don't expect something to happen and it involves money and it involves not only the fact that it involves the lack thereof, but now you have other people depending on you. And that was one of the hardest things to have to, you know what I'm saying, like a pill to swallow so, you know, but what what more could I do? I could only do the, what I could do and I and and I did. I applied for jobs and you know, tried to do temp positions and you name it, I tried to do everything, but it you know, every door that I tried was shut in my face. And I had a moment where after I took the bar exam and I got the paper back that said I did, I was unsuccessful and you know, I mean, I was just going going through the motions. Um I was in you know, my bathroom, just trying to like get some clothes ready to wash and just kind of do some domestic things. And I had, you know, I'd been so faithful and I was so like gung-ho, God, yes, I'm going to follow you. I'm not going to worry about it. Ain't nothing happening. And we're going to just, you promised us so many different things and you're going to do it. And, you know, things weren't coming the way that I was professing it. And so I had a moment, um, and, I had a moment where I was just so down and out and I was so pitiful. And I was in a very pitiful place. And I remember the Lord telling me, you know, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And from that conversation, mission forty-three, five, and eight was birth, which is the other part of my the podcast. That was birth. Um and much after that, maybe a few, a couple of months after that, um, of God really saying to me, you have to stop being pitiful. Like you cannot be pitiful and powerful. You cannot speak my word and say that you trust in me. And then you're sitting here moping and having a moment and I've let you sit here and mope, but that's enough. Now get up, you know, take your bed and walk and, and go forward, apply what you've learned in, in spending time with me and my word. So, you know, as I'm, I'm getting wiping my tears and doing all that, um, around August, 2017, God had placed this mission in my heart and I was like really excited because I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know much about the mission, but I do know that, you know, I hear mission legal. That's what I hear. And over time, it took a moment, of course, for all of it to be like built and like, you know what I'm saying? It's very creative and a unique, um, I'd say creation that God, I'd say gave to me to oversee, Um, because it's taking his laws, his spiritual laws, the, the Bible itself, where laws are created from, and then teaching it from that foundational aspect, and then adding to that foundation federal laws and state laws. And I remember, you know, when I was studying for the bar exam, I remember I was every, you know, going through my bar study, and I would always start off with you know, reading my Bible in the morning and praying and doing that. And then I would get into my bar study. And one day I was, I was at Starbucks and I was studying wills. And that morning I had read, I don't remember where I was, but I had, I was reading and I had read a will term in the Bible. And I'm like, that's strange. It's certainly I'm probably like deprived of sleep. I'm seeing my, you know, these terms in the Bible and there's no way. So I would read it again. I'm like, wait a minute. No, it's talking about posterity oh my goodness. And then I realized like when I was going through, whether it was criminal law or wills or contracts that everything that I was reading, I was seeing in the Bible first. So that blew my mind in that moment. And, you know, so like I said, going back in August and September and as, as God is like giving me this mission, this additional mission, um, but now it's about the law. It was like, God, you know what? I'm not sure. And I did, I questioned, I was like, God, I'm not very sure that this is going to fly by too well because you're asking me to teach your word, you know, the laws from your word and then, and then say that, or say that federal and state law does derive from the law. But you know, what a controversy. I already know what to expect in this one because I, we talked about stuff in, in school and you could, if, you could just see how many people were so ready to shoot down the Bible or God or, or the Word or anything when it came to that, which is so interesting. Because when I when you read constitutional law, many of the framers would always quote scripture. So it was like this is so bizarre to me. But anyway, so as he was as he was birthing this in me, and 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 I was being inspired by it, I started to really enjoy learning it and and going back to what I, you know, I was going back to the law itself and seeing. Like biblically, like the laws of the Bible and how it birthed what we do and how we, um, how we write laws today. It comes from our foundation. So in any case, Mission Legal was birthed, and you know, you know, it seeks really the whole goal of Mission Legal, and what it seeks to do is it seeks to provide essential biblical and legal legal educational guidance to individuals for everyday living. We are everyday people. We're not going to be anything more than that. Everyday people, I'm mean just saying like, you know, just regularly and generally, we are. We live every single day. <laughs> so when you're speaking of laws, the laws were written for the people, right? It's supposed to be written by the people, which they are. Sometimes you question the people that are writing them because it's like, for the people that have to abide by them and read them, you know it and read them and abide by them some of that sometimes does not apply to everyday people in everyday life but it can and that's the whole the whole point is to teach you this to teach you that from its foundation which we have to start on that foundation was built these federal laws and these state laws and you know these ordinances and county laws and all of that and so the The beauty is that God is in all things and everything um, and even in the law. So I I take this mission very seriously. I have so much passion with it. And um, so I want to share it with the world, of course, and different communities and podcasts is my one community and and YouTube is yet another community. And, you know, personally and and, and, um, in a classroom, outside of a classroom, there's no there's, there's really no parameter as to how this is going to get out because I am on a mission and I'm on God's mission. And so when I speak to people, I tell them, you know, I am the overseer of an endeavor because I really didn't find, I didn't, I'm not the founder, the founder really, I do really give, you know, all credit and glory to God. It is God's founding. Like I'm really just overseeing this. And I'm, I'm very grateful that he chose me to, to do it. Now, of course, in the beginning, it was just like, I'm a little like, I don't know much about it, God, and I'm hearing you, but I don't know. But the more I spent time with him, the more I spent time with him and knowing that my confidence is in him, I don't have anything to fear, right? Because this is me doing his work. So I will say, and I do say, I am an overseer over this endeavor. And I truly hope that, um, you know, over time that you guys will see and you will listen and you'll you'll log on and you'll hear you know these um, these series and sessions because they will be different series. So you know, there's a contract series or covenants and contracts. There will be a will series, a criminal law, criminal procedure. Every area of the law will be talked about. But because it is built from the foundation and because anything that God has ever created or built has not been overnight. It's not been a fly by night, you know, fly by the seat of your pants. That's just not how God works, right? We're in two different worlds and, and we're in a time-based world and he's not. But, you know, if you, if you think about everything that has to to grow, you know, uh, women, you know, as we, for those of us that have children, you know, you, you have to carry in a baby for nine, really 10 months because you're 40 weeks, 10 months. So it's for 10 months, This baby is inside you growing. Baby's not going to happen overnight, right? You know, (laughs) seed to egg overnight. No, like everything takes time. Flowers, grass, you know, um, trees, you know, how they change its colors over the seasons and how they fall and all of that. So this will also take a little bit of time, but it will be worth it in the end because it is for the people. It is for you. It's for life. It's for our lives to be able to do what God has intended us to do even by laws. So let me just give you um, what Mission Legal is designed to do so you'll have a better idea too. So, oh, well, let me, you know what, pin right there. Let me tell you this one thing. Um, this is how awesome God is. So when I was a little girl, I always used to say that I'm going to go to law school and I'm going to essentially advocate for people, all right? And I was, a, I was what, seven or eight years old? Eight, I think eight, um, seven and eight. And I would always say, it. and, you know, I would always tell my mom, I'm going to go to law school one day. You know, growing up in New York, first of all, the reason why I wanted to go is because I wanted to lock up, you know, the corrupt cops. And I wanted to defend those that, that the corrupt cops have mistreated. That was my whole reasoning for wanting to go to law school. <laughs> and... But, you know, overall, the overarching reason, too, was because I wanted to advocate for people. And so now, 30 some odd years later, not thinking that I was going to go to law school because after I graduated from undergrad, I didn't go straight into law school. I actually needed to work. I mean, I had, you know, loans and I had bills and I was in a different state and I was alone. So I needed to work. And almost 10 years had passed before I even applied to go to let me take that back. I did apply to go to law school right after I graduated, but I'm not I'm not a good standardized test taker. So my LSAT scores were not good and I eventually in 2012, 13, after graduating, 10 years had passed, um I got to the place where I said, you know what? It's either now or never. If I do not do anything for law school now, I've taken, you know, two or three LSAT exams, um, after law school, after undergrad and, you know, in between the time I graduated to time now, and I haven't been successful if, and now I'm working at a law school. If I don't do good on this, I'm done. I'm picking another career. So I do an alternative program. I, I get in, I, I pass and I get in and that's where my journey began, um, but I did not know that God's plan at that moment in my life, because I guess I said, I'm, I'm stepping out on this branch and I'm just going to step out. I did not know that he was going to bring back full circle the advocacy part of why I wanted to go to law school. So I was reminded by the Lord not too long ago that, <laughs> you know, you remember when you said when you were eight, seven and eight, that you were going to advocate for people. And I'm like, yeah. And here I am with Mission Legal law in a nutshell. God's law, federal law, state law. Mission Legal is all about advocacy. Advocacy. Like the entire mission is to advocate for others. And so what a blessing it was because God had to remind me of that. And I was so thankful that in something I spoke when I was a child and I didn't know what I was even saying back then. Other than I'm going to fight for people who can't fight for their own rights. You know, and rolling of the neck and all that. I didn't realize that he had already planned this out. So now, what Mission Legal is designed to do, so you have that little bit of backstory. The first thing it's designed to do is to educate, to advocate. Educating individuals and communities to be able to advocate for them by educating them, so they in turn will be able to advocate for themselves and for others. So that's what the educate, to advocate piece is. The second part of um, mission legal is designed to do it's to empower communities to apply biblical and legal principles to their everyday life you've got to be able to apply it so i want to empower these individuals whomever they are whether color creed race you know um Status, you know, gender, it, you know, male, female, child, young, old, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter where you come from, where you're going, it is for everyone. Those that are learned, you know, you may have a yes, you're in your career, you are maybe a lawyer already, a doctor, a PhD, a philanthropist, whatever, engineer, everyone can benefit from this. It doesn't matter who you are. So, I want to be able to empower these communities to learn to apply these biblical and these legal principles to their everyday life not every other day every day like every day just like you take in breath in every day and and you breathe that breath out just like you take in water for your bodies to be able to be replenished and 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 to to live and to breathe this is what this is going to do just on a different just a, a different side of life um the third thing that mission legal is designed to do is to advocate for communities to exercise, now that you've been empowered to learn to apply it, now I want to advocate for you to be able to exercise those biblical and legal principles or legal rights, actually, respectfully and intellectually. So I'm going to say that again. It's designed, or Mission Legal is designed to advocate for communities to exercise their biblical and legal fundamental rights, respectfully and intellectually. There's nothing like someone... Um, exercising their rights and doing it with an attitude or doing it where they're being demeaning or devaluing uh, an individual or, you know, just um, being condescending. That is one of the worst things I think that an individual can do. I've done it. Sometimes I do it intentionally because sometimes you got, I feel like, well, you know what? I need to show you that I'm not an idiot, but not necessarily. I don't have to show you now I'm not an idiot, right? And that I know what I know, even though I may not look like you or talk like you, I don't need to be disrespectful one to anybody and i don't need to try to prove my intellect to anybody other than just living it out and walking it out and applying it and being done with it and that's it sometimes less is more so it's definitely you know intended to advocate for communities to do just that and lastly it's to teach communities that comprehension and application of these principles will only effectuate an enriched and enhanced quality of life. I'll say that one more time. It will teach communities that comprehension and application of these legal you know, and biblical principles, these legal and biblical fundamental rights, will effectuate, will, not may, not possibly, but it will effectuate an enriched and enhanced quality of life. So if you take... Each, um, what Mission Legal is designed to do is designed to do four things. The acronym, acronym for that is EAT. But EAT is spelled with two E's. So it's E-E-A-T. And you're doing just that. You're, I thought it was so clever how it was created. But you're going to eat up all of this and you're going to digest it. And it's going to be, you know, done in, in smaller doses, right? Because you only can chunk an elephant. You can only eat an elephant elephant in chunks. You can only take it piece by piece by piece. But you're going to eat this you're going to apply it and you're going to walk out and you're going to live and be who God created you to be on the, the legal and biblical and legal side of it. It's just so, I think it's amazing. It's only, it's changed my life. I can honestly tell you, I see things different. I speak, when I speak, I speak with a knowing what, that what I say is powerful and what I do and what I know, what I've taken in, I can apply it, and it and it works for me, whether I had a law degree or not. I would have loved for somebody to teach me this prior, but I guess it was for me to do. So it doesn't matter. Anyhow, so I wanted to share this with you guys prior to you listening to the next podcast, because then it'll make sense, obviously, that we're going to go through that series and you know session of covenants and contracts. And for every series that I do, there are going to be sessions. And of course, the three main sessions are you know, God's law, that's one session. Federal law is another session and state law is the last session. And in each session, we will learn different, you know, principles and different, um, you know, every, things that we do on a daily basis, like contracts, you know, that's, that's every day. Are you really understanding the contract? Are you signing off on something that you don't understand? So every series, and that series will be the, an area of law, we will always start off with God's law. We will always start off with the foundational piece of it. And that's that session can take two to three weeks. It could take, I don't really know, depending on the session, it could take a minute, right? Um, but then when we finish with that, we will go to federal law. And then we will start talking about the, the federal law that's been created based off of that foundational piece of God's law. And then from the federal law, we will build onto the state law. Sometimes I may do it where I do God's law for a week or two, and then I, and I come in with the federal law because I want you guys to be able to understand it. I don't want you to just have information. A lot of times we have information, but we don't understand it, so we don't use it. And sometimes we have information that we do understand that we still don't use. Well, here I am to say to you, I'm going to push you and be, hold you accountable and empower you to not do that. You know knowledge is power, don't get me wrong, but application of that knowledge is what makes you powerful okay so it's it's important that you understand it that you know that knowledge is power. we're not gonna stop there. we're gonna apply that knowledge we're gonna make that knowledge work for us and and do what we're supposed to do with it, okay so before I leave you um now that you have a little bit way more about mission legal and then you know what I'm doing, you know the purpose behind it um I want you to. I want you to to also know that Mission Legal. Essentially, you know, when I speak to people, when I tell people what I'm doing, it's it's always learning. It's a, it's a give and take. You're learning. You're teaching somebody else. You're learning. You're teaching somebody else. But Mission Legal, I want you to understand that we're gonna learn with each other, from each other, and for each other. Okay, I'm gonna say that again. You're gonna learn with each other and we do this every day anyway, without mission legal, we do learn from each other. People learn from each other. You know, children learn from their parents, right? Employees learn from from their employers. Um, You know, I I don't know what else. Um, You know, teammates learn from their coaches and other teammates. So we all learn with each other. We learn from each other and we're going to learn for each other. So that's yeah, you know, one thing I want you to understand. And lastly, I want you to understand the law was written for the common man for everyday living. It was written for the common man, whether it's written by the, whether it's not written by the common man doesn't matter, but it's supposed to be written for the common man. And back then, <laughs> right. And I laughed because I'm like, it's amazing when we start to see, when we're going to see, when we compare and contrast God's laws, spiritual laws from federal law and state law and how, you know, um, how simple and simplistic God's laws are, and 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 it, it's not intended to cause confusion or to for you to misunderstand. And then we'll move into some of the more complex parts of the laws when we start talking about the American legal system. But you know, when you think about how it was, it was you know, foundationally and fundamentally created, laws were written for the common man. So you know, my goal is to teach the laws you know, from, from its, you know, foundational God's law aspect. My goal is to teach those laws so you will comprehend it and will apply it. And I'll say it over and over again, like a broken record. I want you to get used to it because I'm going to continue to talk about, you got to comprehend it and you have to apply it. That is a must, not an option. It's a requirement for you to be able to have the quality of life that God has intended you, for you to have. So I hope this has been insane informative. I've hoped that you are excited just as much as I am. Um I hope that you tune in every week and I hope that you ask questions if in fact you have any questions. I want you to know that I will, you know, I am vowing to you that I'm not going to um say anything to you that I don't know the answers to. I'm not going to just talk to hear myself talk. I'm not going to make up something while I'm talking because it sounds <laughs> It sounds like profound, not doing it. If I do that, that's me creating terms that I do not saying that I'm teaching you something that I really don't know anything about. Right. So if I make up a new word that's not in in the dictionary. Yeah, that's me. I may do it. I may not do it. You know, you know, I do this all the time. But as far as mission legal is concerned, you know, I definitely, definitely want you to know that um I'm only going to share with you what I know. And if you have a question, I always say, like, ask me. And if I don't know the answer to it, I'll say, I don't know. But I am going to take the time to look it up and research it and study it. And I will bring it back, you know, on that next call. Um like I said earlier, I'm not licensed to practice law, but I'm still a lawyer and I still can teach you and I can still share a lot of things with you that I've learned and I know and that I've um, I've been able to also apply myself. I'm going to uh, share with you a couple of moments and instances where I did apply the law like I learned it and it actually worked in my favor And I'm, and I don't have to be licensed to do so. I just want you to know that licensing is, and I won't get into much of it, but Please don't think that just because I'm not licensed that this this podcast or this um omission legal has no value. It completely not. The only thing that a license allows lawyers to do is to stand in a courtroom and defend or, you know, or counsel another individual. That is the only thing that a license allows lawyers to do. Nothing more, nothing less. I just cannot I can't uh defend you in court. <laughs> and I cannot, like I said, give you official legal advice but before you can sit for a bar exam you got to go to the training right so the training's what matters not the test that's subjective that's only graded without a rubric that's not you know that's that does not make an individual a lawyer so I want you to know that everything that we talk about on this call is mu- very valid something you can look up and I'm going to share with you the places that you can look it up where you can go so you can be empowered right um I also want you to know that, um, mission legal is not a substitute to law school or Bible college. So if that's been your desire, please go, please sign up for school and please, you know, go and and, and fulfill your dreams and fulfill whatever goals you have. This is not a substitute to that. This is seriously teaching you the laws in a nutshell, and it'll be done in such a way that, um, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not gonna teach you all things that I've, you know, that you would learn in law school, but we're definitely gonna go through a whole lot of it. So I just want you to know this is not a substitute. It's also not my intention to dissuade anyone from retaining legal counsel at any time. If you need counsel, you need to go and please obtain counsel. Go ahead. You know what I'm saying? So if you have a situation where you do, you want to know even the laws yourself while you have counsel because you wanna be able to, Though they are, they are supposed to help you understand when they're, um, you know, when they're fighting a case for you or you're being um, you're being counselled by an attorney, there, it is their job to make sure that you understand what they're saying, what they're doing. But it's also helpful that you know it yourself, right? So again, not my intention to dissuade anyone from retaining legal counsel. Please, please retain counsel if you know you have a situation that you need counsel to fight for you on your behalf. Um, And that's it. I just want to make sure that, you know, you know, know, I'm going to be as candid. I'm going to be very, very candid on these calls, on these podcasts, excuse me. I wish they could be live, you know what I mean? But anyway, I'm going to be candid and truthful and honest. I have nothing to hide. I don't think hiding, I I don't think, um, you know, keeping certain things to yourself is helpful when we're in a world that we have to live with one another and um, we should work together in everything, you know? Let me not say everything and a lot of things. Sometimes, most of the time, you don't really need to let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, but or vice versa. But when it comes to this, I don't have anything to hide with regard to any biblical or legal um, principles not happening. That's why that's why I'm here and that's why I'm doing this and that's why I'm on a mission. So I hope the best for each and every one of you. I look forward to the next podcast this week. And please, like I said, if there are any questions or if there's anything that um you even, you know, I don't know, maybe you thought about, it, you've talked about, it, it's something that you would like to hear on the podcast with regard to the law, um especially in our series and sessions, I welcome you to, to, to let me know more than welcome. So ciao for now, love and peace. And I will speak to all of you very, very soon.